Hey, welcome to Bad Decisions, the show that helps us understand why we choose what we choose, why we think what we think, and how to exploit this stuff for fun and commercial gain. I'm Dr. Mel Weinberg. I'm a performance psychologist. And I'm Dan Monheit, co-founder of Hard Hat, a creative agency built for today. Cops, can you please play the best theme music ever? We do get a lot of feedback on how good the theme music is. Hit it. So, okay, I'm taking you back for this one to a couple of weeks ago, and it was a conversation that you and I had out of the studio. Mm-hmm. And it happened after I submitted a report that I'd been working on for quite a while. And to be fair, I, I was pretty proud of myself. Like, it was a big report. I thought I did a good job. It's like, like a uni assignment. Are you still doing uni assignments? <laughs> no, not anymore. Okay. I did do them for a long time, so okay. it's a fair question. Yeah. But um, it was actually a report that I was paid to do as a consultant. Okay, good. Paid to prepare and submit. Anyway, I felt so good about myself that I thought that I really deserved to go out and spend $400, not a barbecue this time. No barbecue. This time, (laughs) this time it was cycling gear. Oh, good. Wait, do you cycle? I do. It's not quite as bad as it could have been. (laughs) So, yeah, I just felt like I really deserved it. So I went out and I spent 400 bucks and then I felt better. Yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense. You, You... did some work and then you bought some lycra. Right, everyone does that. Everyone does that. I mean, you know, the people that I know who do this, this reminds me back back in the day in my even pre-hard hat, pre-Nike life, I spent like four years working at Macca's, which I actually loved, by the way. Um, and one of the things that always used to like trip me out a bit was when I'd work on drive through the proportion of people that would come through ordering like Big Mac meals or quarter pounder meals, like these massive like calorie laden meals with a Diet Coke. Because that makes it healthier. Well, it makes it healthy. So like you all can't just you all can't just be enjoying the taste of watered down Diet Coke more than regular Coke. There must be something else at, at play here. I actually do prefer Diet Coke, but that's a side issue. Right, you and everybody else. What we're talking about here is this idea of licensing and this idea that we give ourselves the license to do something indulgent or immoral following a good act. Yeah, well, just for those playing at home, wait, is licensing our heuristic for the day? Well, welcome licensing. So from a psychological perspective, we are inherently motivated to alleviate negative emotions. There's a theory called the negative state relief theory, which basically says exactly that, that when we feel negative for any reason, we're motivated to reduce that state, motivated to relieve that negative state by doing something that will return us back or balance us out to a more positive emotional state. That's a much better way to go about your day, feeling neutral or positive instead of negative. I mean, you'd think so. You would think so. So as a marketing guy and also just as an observer of human behavior, it would appear that of of all of the heuristics that we have covered and will cover, that licensing is the single greatest contributor to what will inevitably be the downfall of mankind. Tell me more. Well, I I mean, you know, any situation we find ourselves in where we tell ourselves that we deserve to do something, you know, because I've done A, I deserve to get B, it's usually, it's usually ending badly. I mean, one of my favorite examples of this is like some, some studies that have been done about wanting to lose weight. And it turns out that one of the, the worst things you can do if you want to lose weight is to start exercising, right? Because we start exercising. I feel like there are a lot of people who are going to come at us with this. Well, Carry this, on. Well, this is what can happen, right? So you're like, I want to lose weight. First thing I need to do is I need to start exercising. So we go and exercise and we feel really good about it. Wait, let's just destroy the whole fitness industry. Yeah, but well, it's actually what keeps the whole fitness industry going. Because you go out, you do your workout, you smash out your F45 or your whatever it is you've just done. 
And then you feel so good about doing that, that I deserve a hamburger for lunch. And what often happens is I don't just get the hamburger. I mean, I'm going to do it. I got to do it properly. So I'll get you know, all of the indulgent toppings in there. I don't get the fries and you can't eat fries without the aioli. So, you know, there's this whole package deal to get the Diet Coke, of course. But because of our optimistic inclinations, it would seem that we overestimate the calories we're burning from doing the exercise and underestimate the calories in the meals that we treat ourselves with to return back to neutral after exercising. So we, we basically just undo the whole thing. So that's a really good observation. And, you know, perhaps unsurprisingly, there's some research to back this up. Research. Cue the research music. And this is actually real research. Like all good research, that actually sums up what people pretty much already know, which is the licensing effect. So an example is with people who take multivitamins. Mm -hmm. And the, the study showed that when people take – or people who take multivitamins – in order, you know, give themselves a perception of being healthy and, and being all, um, you know, a good human being, they are then more likely to engage in behaviours that are not ideal in terms of their well-being. So if you take multivitamins, you're more likely to smoke. Right. <laughs> you're more likely to eat more unhealthy foods. Right. And to do less exercise. But it's okay because you're taking a multivitamin once a day. Yeah. I mean, what impact can heroin really have on you if you've had a multivitamin before breakfast? Speaking of heroin and other, <laughs> other undesirable <laughs> yep. things, um, there's, a, uh, there's another study that, uh, that was a 2008 study that basically gave people a opportunity to voice their endorsement for Barack Obama in the presidential campaign. Mm -hmm. And what they found was that people who were able to endorse him as a candidate then acted more prejudiced in a subsequent experiment. So they were basically saying... I support Barack Obama and that gives me the right to go and be racist. Go and be racist. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is a classic. I'm not racist, but. All the time. Oops, <laughs> some, of my, some of my best friends are black people, but what I will say about them, like this is basically that, that thing has a name. So now that we've covered racism and heroin yeah. in this podcast, where can we go next? Uh, well, I think the only logical place to go to that is home electronics and home appliances. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, similar. That sounds completely yeah. logical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a similar kind of funny, you know, like, oh, wow, aren't humans idiots type research shows that people who have gone and bought energy efficient washing machines tend to do or wash 6% more often than people that haven't bought those machines, more than offsetting the benefits that they're getting. Mm-hmm. Same thing happens with people that buy energy efficient lights. They tend to leave the lights on because they have the license to leave the lights on because they've done the right thing by buying energy efficient lights. So they leave them on more than people that don't have energy efficient lights, more than offsetting the benefit that they're getting. And I guess, you know, there's, there's even talk about how things like buying a, a Toyota Prius makes you feel good because you're not buying petrol as often, even though the net environmental impact of a Prius because it takes like a billion years for the battery and all of the other components to disintegrate. Licensing justifies every virtuous or basically makes every virtuous activity that we do completely negated. Yeah. So it turns out as soon as we try and do something good, we're going to end up just offsetting it. We exercise, we go and eat a burger, we support Barack Obama, then we go and make racist remarks, we buy energy efficient lights, and then we leave them on all day. So the interesting thing about the licensing effect, or one of the interesting things, because there are many, is that you don't even have to engage in one of those behaviours in order to justify the other. Thinking is powerful enough. <laughs> to wow. elicit a licensing effect. Wow. Okay, now here we're going real psychological and real, real, you know, real in, in your head. In the brains. But what we know is that licensing effects happen even when people think about past positive behaviours. Right. Just thinking about a past positive behaviour 
actually gives you the license to then engage in something perhaps that's more indulgent or rewarding. So there's an example from a um, another research study where what they did was they split people into two groups and they gave people a list of words, okay? Mm-hmm. And some people were given sort of morally positive words like kind, compassionate, generous, and other people were given sort of negatively moral words, morally negative words, I should say, things like selfish, mm-hmm. um, unkind, mean, etc. And the two groups were then asked to write a short story about themselves using the words that they were given. So given nine horrible words, please use them to write a story <laughs> about yourself. yourself. So basically what happened was that the people who wrote, who had the positive words, so people who wrote, I'm a kind, compassionate, generous, loving, giving person, mm-hmm. at the end of the experiment, when they were paid for their time, and they were, they were told, actually, you know, here's 20 bucks for your time. Would you like to donate $10 of it to a charity or keep it all for yourself? The people who wrote the positive stories about themselves were less likely to donate the money and more likely to keep it for themselves. Right. So they hadn't even done anything except the study had elicited this sense of I'm a good person, yeah. which then gives me the right, hey, I'm taking yeah, I'm my taking money. The money. I'm already <laughs> kind and generous. I just wrote a story about it. So the thing is that the other people who actually wrote the um, the negative stories about themselves actually became more motivated to do to obviously give the money, which was the um, the manipulating factor in that experiment. But it was this idea of moral cleansing, which is the idea that if we've sort of just written something or just thought or just engaged in an activity that makes us feel morally bad. Mm-hmm. We then, through the negative state relief theory, mm. are motivated to actually do something more pro-social or more virtuous in order to recover that sort of balanced state of emotions. Right. Now, I promised in the setup for this that I would not talk about religion at all, but I'm just going to say hypothetically, if you were to organise some sort of an organisation that would maybe be religious or maybe not, and part of what you wanted to do was raise money as part of that organisation, wouldn't it be a wonderful idea to put a whole bunch of people in a room on a regular, like let's say weekly basis and remind them of what horribly morally corrupt people they are just before handing out a way for those people to make donations, hypothetically. <laughs> the other thing though that this makes me think of is, you know, there's a lot of stuff about daily mantras and positive psychology and all those sorts of things at the moment. And just off, off the back of that study you've just described, telling people to wake up every morning and stand in the mirror and look at themselves and say, you are amazing, you are strong, you are brilliant, you are awesome, is probably setting them up to be complete assholes for the rest of the day. And maybe what we should tell people to do is wake up and look in the mirror and say, you are a pathetic, morally bankrupt individual, go and fix it today. I actually stand in front of the mirror in the morning and say, you're an awful person, you are terrible. Yeah. Mate. And that's why you're always so lovely when I see you. See? Can you yes, lend me see? 20 bucks? You see? <laughs> I need to buy some cycling kit. I also think I need a boost of my self-esteem, but that's yeah. another episode. Not too much, though. It'll Not just turn you into an well, asshole. It is an interesting thing because we do live in this society where people are doing these sorts of things all the time. People are being... All, all this sort of stuff to push people to be more kind and more generous and more grateful and more wonderful as a human being is actually setting them up to do some potentially really immoral things afterwards. So if you want to do the right thing for society, go out and tell somebody they're a selfish asshole, knowing that the licensing effect will make them want to prove you wrong. And that's the message of this episode. Is it? (laughs) Everyone's an asshole. Yeah. So, hey, if if we switch gears a little bit into where we see this play out commercially and we think about selling indulgent, objectively indulgent product, it's hard to go past things like luxury cars. And so if you imagine, I don't know why my mind always goes to print ads for luxury cars or billboards and you think about, you know, seeing ads in the financial review or the, you know, financial sections of other newspapers. And when you see ads for luxury cars, there's almost always some sort of a 
theme or a feeling about them that it's like, isn't it time? Or you deserve this. Or it's time to stop dreaming. You know, basically inferring that you have been working your ass off in a job that you probably don't like, you know, to pay for a house and school fees and everything else. And you deserve it. You deserve to drive this this incredible but obscenely overpriced European sports car. So this got me thinking, and I want to take us back, if I can, to our earlier example, because I'm still trying to justify the fact that I spent $400 on cycling Mm -hmm. gear (laughs) a couple of weeks ago. But what was interesting about that was that, so I was feeling really proud of myself. I was feeling this really strong sense of achievement, totally setting myself up for a licensing effect. And so I went and bought a little bit of Lycra. Yep. And I spent $200. Who doesn't feel better buying a bit of Lycra? I mean... Anyway, that's another story and a a very visual one at that. Um, But I spent $200 and yet I still felt that I needed to spend more. I felt that the $200 wasn't enough to offset how much I actually put into that report. It must have been a big report. So I went and spent another $200. And only then did I actually feel like I'd sort of come out neutral. And so it made me think about how we go about neutralising our negative emotions. Mm -hmm. Remember... In an earlier episode, we talked about loss aversion Mm -hmm. and we talked about how when people lose $10, Mm -hmm. it actually takes a gain of $20 to come out emotionally neutral. So it made me think about that and I was wondering about the cost of offsetting different emotions. How much does it cost to to, how much do you have to pay out to overcome feeling guilty? Yeah. So if you got paid $200 to do this report, then $400 was absolutely the right amount to spend on Lycra to feel good about it. Well, apparently, according to that model. And so I went about looking for some research to see if anybody looked at it. Because there's a whole range of negative emotions. So there's a whole range of states that we would seek to balance out. And I wondered if anybody had actually tried to quantify it or if it was indeed possible. And guess what I found? What did you find? Researchers following the Bad Decision podcast, I found that there wasn't any. None. And so I'm doing a shout out. I'm doing a call out to anybody who wants to collaborate on some potentially unethical research. It wouldn't be unethical. Maybe that's why there's not much because inducing negative emotions into people is not something that is often looked upon as, as, as perhaps... Yeah, the done thing. Yeah, yeah. Nevertheless, if anybody's interested in inducing different emotions into people and finding out how much they're willing to pay to offset it, count me in. Yeah, so you basically want to find out how much it co- how much you have to pay to make a bad feeling go away. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a-, a cool research question, yeah. right? You you yeah. love research. Yeah, well, you're in. Yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I have one co researcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely have the qualifications necessary for this. All right, so hey, what do we what do we do about this as marketers? So I, I think you know. We, we talked a little bit about luxury cars, but I think it's the same thing for any kind of indulgent product. So if you're selling any luxury goods or holidays, it would be really good to advertise or promote those things in environments where people are probably feeling like they deserve it. You know, so advertising for holidays in those like horrible digital screens in lifts in big office buildings would make would make sense. Um, maybe in, in Gmail, you can run ads in Gmail as well. So maybe, you know, during the working day would be a good time to put ads in Gmail telling people that they probably should think about planning their next holiday. So what we're saying here is that if you want to encourage people to make an indulgent decision, mm-hmm. you want to associate that with something where they feel like they've worked hard and they've um, and they've achieved something really good and they've got a sense of pride about it. And they deserve it. They really they do deserve, deserve it. it. They deserve it. They deserve yeah. it. Yeah. So what about if you want to encourage people to make sort of a, a virtuous decision or a pro-social decision, like a charitable donation, besides the uh, the House of Worship explanation earlier? Yes, yeah, so this is a great question. And, you know, it's, it's funny because we were thinking about this in, in the setup for today and saying, oh, well, you know, maybe when people are doing, you know, things like Christmas shopping and they're, they're, they're being really indulgent because they're spending all this money, maybe that would be a good time to ask them for some donations. But 
as we dug into that a bit further, we thought, well, people actually are probably more likely to think they're doing something virtuous when they're doing Christmas shopping mm -hmm. because they're buying all this stuff for other people. Mm -hmm. So it's probably actually a really bad time to be asking them to make charitable donations and a good time to tell them to buy something for themselves. <laughs> Which actually people often do end up doing. Yeah, it's like I went to do all of my Christmas or festive season shopping and I came home with some junk for everybody else and a new pair of jeans for myself. I deserve that I'd been shopping for others. But where we do see this work uh, is if we think about places where people are undeniably having indulgent experiences. So they might be in checking out of a great hotel or finishing up a meal at a great restaurant. And oftentimes you'll find on the bill that comes to you in the hotel or in the restaurant that they've included or suggested a $5 donation or a roundup donation to the charity of somebody's choice. And because we're sitting there saying, God, I've just spent 180 bucks on a meal. Yeah, 10 bucks would probably be sufficient to make me not feel so indulgent about that. That's a great place for those sorts of messages. So basically leveraging people's emotional states in order to convince them to make a decision or encourage them to make a decision that is in our favour. So another example like that um, is if you if you think about what happens when you're on flights and you might be coming home from a lovely holiday mm -hmm. and they're coming around with a tin and saying put all your other co put all your spare coins or anything that yeah. you've got left over in this bag or in this tin. So basically you've just had a wonderful indulgent experience, you're feeling pretty good about yourself right now. Mm. Um, here's something that you can do to actually offset that, help somebody else. Yeah, so go and spend 25 grand on a holiday and then put like a dollar sixty in a little container and you're gonna be morally, morally neutral. Sound good? All right, so that's kind of licensing in a nutshell. As brands, what we need to do is we need to think about if we're indulgent, where can we find people that can be told that they deserve to indulge? And if we're pious and righteous, we've got to find places where people feel undeniably that they have just been indulging and, and need to offset that. My question though is as consumers, as mere humans, is it all useless? Like, is there any point even trying to go and do rightful, socially positive things, knowing that we're just going to go and leave the lights on for longer anyway. You know, and from a psychological human perspective, if I go back to my story where I spent $400 to, in an attempt to neutralise um, my state of feeling pride and achievement, a better thing than I could have done to actually neutralise my emotions would actually have been to go for a run or to actually do some exercise rather than mm. buying the gear to do the exercise. There are cheaper ways to neutralise emotions than going out and spending money on things. So if I'm a responsible and rational consumer, mm -hmm. what I'm actually doing is finding different ways to manage my emotions and regulate my emotions and still have $400 in my bank account at the end of the day. Right. So what we're saying is next time you feel like you deserve it, what you really want is some endorphins and you can get them by spending money, but you could also get them by doing some exercise. You want adrenaline, you want dopamine, and there are better ways to get it and cheaper ways yep. than it's the ones we've described you go here. run on the freeway, you get both. Careful. Good. Okay, that is not a suggestion or recommendation from us. It's just an, an idea of how you could spike your own adrenaline levels. I think it's a good ending point, but I think that I know. And just a reminder that if you want to, uh, if you want to, if you have any feedback for us, if you have any questions, um, if you want to join us in any research expeditions, um, please find us on social media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, hashtag Bad Decisions, and uh, also find me at Dr Mel W. Awesome, and I'm uh, at Dr. Dan Wanhart at all the usual social networks. Oh, wait, hold up a second. What? Did you just give yourself an honorary doctorate title? <laughs> we at Dr. Dan Wanhart. Did I just do that? We're going to have to go back. Can we go back to the tape scoops? <laughs> awesome, and I'm uh, at Dr. Dan Wanhart at all the usual social networks. That's yep, that happened. Yep, okay. that happened. Okay, well, you can get me at that, or you can get me at my actual, any of my actual handles, which is just 
at Dan Monheit, uh, and I'm going to have to speak to some universities to see if I can get that honorary doctor. See if I can help you out. Organize. We should also give a special shout out to Cops, the main man who uh, is on the wheels of steel producing all the shows uh, and we literally couldn't do this without you Coops we'd just be two people sitting in a room talking love you love you All right, off to Maccas. Yeah. <laughs>